1: Hello, Hockey World. It's Thursday,
2: April 25th, 2019. I'm Michael Ajello from an undisclosed construction site.
1: <laughs> I'm Rob Cohen from Sportsology. Are you at the Islanders New Arena? Is that where you are today? <laughs> um, that,
2: that, would, that would be the Videotron Center in Quebec City.
1: Right. right oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm excellent. Wow. And watching Hockey Buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com. That was a red. That was a bad dig by Mike. And this is the podcast that you watch every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in the comings, goings in the hockey world. I'm going to see Avengers in two and a half hours. I'm kind of psyched about that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to see it soon, too. It, it's not. Getting, yeah, we should tell people they don't always see it at this hour, but they'll see
2: it all the time. Yeah. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. At some point, you'll see it.
1: Well, everybody always dies, Mike. That's how it works. Um. But um, you'll see it. You'll you'll see the show at some point. We we got to get right down to it because, oh man, oh man, oh my, oh my, again, again. Whoever had the Hurricanes, Islanders, and Blue Jackets being the last three teams alive in the
2: Metro Division. <laughs> Me.
1: Yeah, right. At the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the year, whoever had the Islanders, Hurricanes, and Blue Jackets being the three teams that would be a, a, just incredible. I mean, really, it's just that's an amazing thing in and of itself. Um, Anybody
0: who's giving themselves credit, I saw a lot of it today. Anybody who's giving themselves credit for picking these right, you you got lucky. There's a lot of weird things happening here. Yeah, there's you
1: know, yeah, there. I mean, you all you can do is throw theories out. You know, like when I threw it. Yeah. You know, hockey is hockey is a weird, wacko sport. It's a momentum sport. It's all about crazy twists and turns. I mean, you know, we can sit here and say, oh, the you know, any of this team was got killed, but at the end of the day. You know, the, the, a couple bounces and that team wins the game. It's just its ridiculous. Well,
2: I, I was watching the game. And I, I went to uh, cover the Marley's uh, playoff game against Rochester last night. Yep. And, and as I was coming back, I, I was taking the train and was able to watch most of the first overtime. And I have to say, I have never seen a goaltender get knocked down and, locked and uh, knocked for a loop more than Peter Mrazek in my life. I believe it was twice in overtime, probably more during the game, where he – put himself in between the puck and a caps forward who was going near the crease and gets knocked over. And, you know, if it was a regular season game, I think he probably would have been called for interference because he was trying, but you know, they didn't, they weren't calling anything except for a puck over the glass. And I'm like, this guy's going to get concussed the way he's like, you know, guys are running him over. He was
0: crazy. He was crazy over positioning himself. He was crazy out of position at times. End of the day they won, but I'll tell you, I, it looked bad for Carolina early when I yeah. checked you guys, but but then something happened. Even after the three one, when it when it got close to being tied, and I saw Justin Williams just laughing on the bench, yeah. I was worried about the Capitals because yeah. I was like, if they're this loose when the game is this tight, boy, I don't know. This is a bad sign for the for the Capitals. And you know what? I think Carolina just outlasted them. I'm not going to call this game like a, a masterpiece because it really wasn't.
2: No. No, okay, Carol, Carolina was the younger of the two teams and it sh- and it showed in the overtime and in double overtime cuz they, they they dominated the play except for that 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 penalty, the 2 minute uh, the, the the minor uh, for puck over the glass. But talk about okay, talk about another potential ridiculous call. What about the puck over the glass that wasn't called? Yeah. I mean, oh my god. And they and and they scrummed for like a minute and a half. And then decided again the wrong play, the wrong decision.
0: There's too many calls already. There's just way too many calls for us to all be comfortable with. And, and, I, and I saw a rumor that a couple of the refs won't be on the next round's coat, you know. That's true. But whatever. I mean, that doesn't help anybody this round.
1: I mean, that does happen all the time. I mean, that's what the angel does. They're going to
0: run out of refs for the Stanley Cup if they keep doing that. Yeah,
1: they always have. I mean, they're eliminated. That's how
2: it goes. I know. They'll they'll bring back Wally Harris, Russ.
0: Listen, I don't – again, people may not know this. I'm going to give my theory on refereeing again. I don't learn all their names. I don't want to know their names. I don't want games to be decided by them. (laughs) Say hi a construction guy, Mike.
1: He just
0: made it. <laughs> and um, I don't want games to be decided by him. And I don't boo referees. And I never did. I just don't, and I don't like to write about them. I
2: know. Well, yeah. well talk about, talk about out of position because um, I was watching the game you know, on on my computer during the Marlies game. One eye on one game, one eye on the other, and it was three one caps. And Tara Vinen score scores late in the second period to make it three to two. If <laughs> you. Yeah, if you see the tying goal, I think it was Jordan Stahl that scored it. The tying goal, Braden Holtby was probably three feet out of position. He had no angle. He left the entire far side of the of the yeah. of the goal wide open, and there's no explanation for it. I, I you know, so I mean, Braden Holtby struggled last year until the playoffs, and he I, he didn't have a, a great year this year. But his his lackluster play cost him at a key point in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I um. Yeah, I you know, with with Braden Hopi, he is such a competitor that you get the sense that he, as a goalie, felt like his team wasn't working hard enough, so he kind of shifts into his gear of like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can. I agree with you, he was at a different level than his team, he was, and he was trying to like make like either I don't know, he was trying to lift his team up, but as a goalie, you can't do that, it's just it, you, you can't, you're going to, you're going to get car opposition. This is the Pecky Rene disease. Pecky Rene does that too. It's just like yeah. the same kind of thing. And, and, you know, hope he got caught up in it. I think because he he's such a, there was an obvious thing. I mean, when the capitals only get four shots in the first overtime, you know, and six shots through both of the overtimes. I mean, that that's, that's insane. In the game seven at home, you know, how does that happen? Game seven at home, Stanley cup champions oh. against not like the most crazy defense on the planet in Carolina, well. I mean they're good, but they're
2: not. You know, this isn't the uh, best defensive team ever. Well, how about how about? And I'm just going back to a series that's over with. But how about in Game Six on Easter Sunday in Toronto, uh, with uh, the Leafs leading one nothing, they take the lead, and from that point until the end of the second period, they were outshot. I believe it was twenty to two. Yeah. So it is possible, but I think I mean
1: I think Game Seven, just the Stanley Cup champion, this is like. And, and it really did, honestly, look, you know, like we talk about all the time, you're rolling four lines, rolling four lines, the benefit of rolling four lines. This is the first time I really felt as if a team was just spent. Like the Capitals were exhausted. They they, they have been chasing the Canes around the ice. They've been running. They've been trying to stay with them because the Canes are a fast team and the Caps are – they have fast players but not, not the entire team, you know. And they looked just – exhausted, tired. I mean, they could not get, get it, get it going again. And I mean, and the, the Canes were saying they were tired too, at the end of the first overtime, but it's, what they tired. Their, their legs were better. They had, they had way better legs and, you know, and Brindamore had them looser. And I also think the stress also like stress plays into exhaustion. Anybody who's ever been in stressed out situations know that the more stressed out you are, the more tired you are. It's just the way yeah. it goes. And, you know, and the stress now was, it was starting to mount on the caps. Like we talked about yesterday, the remembering of, some game sevens where they've been in this situation before and they haven't come through, started to feel, started to like, you know, raise his head. And what was the deal with Ovechians just passing all the time? Like, I mean, he made a great pass to Wilson on the one goal, no question. I think either. he was
2: trying to be the ultimate team player and he shouldn't have been. He well, I, it, you know? the, the one the one time he did shoot, he almost took Morazic's head off. And it was yeah. in it, it was, I think, it was in the second overtime where he wound up for maybe twenty feet and he hit Mrazek like an, an upper chest, or ne- and his and as he fell down, his mask fell off, and that was the only reason they called the play. So it was yeah. like,
1: you know, what was it, weird about that shot was, I mean, it's a cannon, and yeah, you could never argue with Ovechkin taking a slap shot from that close. I mean, it's you know but he had way more time than he than, he, than that on that shot and he, you know he he could have taken the puck he could have made a move he could have gotten Meraic going one direction a little bit and then and, and taken a wrist shot he did not have to one time that puck there was no reason for him to one time that puck it, that was almost like we have we don't have any shots so I'm gonna take a shot any shot I get basically but
2: but he, but he did get all of it and you know, night, of it, but, he put yeah. it, he put in the middle of his chest, he put of his chest but, but that, it, well,
1: I put it in the middle of his neck guard is what he did. You know that's and that that's like that any any goalie who doesn't wear a neck guard, <laughs> watch that shot right there. You should wear a neck guard all the time. Um, but yeah, so here we are, um, the beginning of the second round, and there's a couple. One I was listening to uh, one of my favorite guys on on XM, who is um, Jim Boomer Gordon, one of the nicest guys out oh, there. Right? Yeah, I sat with Boomer during the World Cup of Hockey for a bunch of fun, bunch of games. We go back way back to XM's early days when I was there helping them with the station. Boomer is amazing, and Boomer has some great stats. He just did one of these stats. I don't know if anybody heard it, but if if it bears repeating, Um, the stat of how many teams in in the NHL have made the playoffs for for three straight years. And this number will kind of this number will surprise you because it shows.
0: So you could just say the answer. No, I'll just
1: say I only eleven of the any of teams the NHL have made the playoffs for three straight years. And then how many teams in the NHL have won? one round in the playoffs, which is always, like, the key. Like, you always have to make the playoffs. For, for good teams, you have to at least win a round.
2: Well, that 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 eliminates Toronto.
1: Right. Well, they're the only team that's made the playoffs the last three years that hasn't won a round. Toronto is. Um, but but there, are, but there are no teams in the NHL that have won one round for three years in a row, at least one round for three years in a row. There's only two teams that have won two rounds. Um, that would be San Jose and Boston. So beyond that, have won, that, have, that have won one round for two years in a row, basically. So I'm just talking about getting to the second round. Boston and San Jose are the only teams that have done it two years in a row. That's it's, nuts. It's nuts. I mean, that's how hard it is to predict these things. So like like you were saying, Russ, like getting back yeah. to like these things, what can you do? I mean, when only San Jose and Boston <laughs> win one round of the playoffs for two, for the last two years, I mean, that, that's, that's where we are, the one thing I will say, so now we'll let's shift gears to the second round because we we're short on time today. We're going to try to get the, our predictions in for the games tonight. Um, I did want to say one more thing though, real quick yeah, about
0: yeah. about the Canes. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they've got Sebastian Ajo back on track now, if they're not scoring in like twelve games, is a pretty yeah. big deal. Yeah. So that's that's something we're going forward that makes them a lot
1: more dangerous. I'll say, I'll say it's a big deal. So, he reminds me so much of. Um, He's like the perfect Finn, you know what I mean? Like he is such a, yeah, he is is such a Finn. Like he is such a combination of like, I mean, he's not Solani, but he's got moments where he's Solani. Like,
0: but he has moments where he's that. He's he's got moments where he's is is like that. He's got moments where the shot reminds you of somebody else. He's
2: Uh, he's got he's got a little Sacko Koyv. That's
1: what I was gonna say too. I think he's got a little Sammy Kapanen in him.
0: Yeah, he's like an amalgamation
1: of all of them. Of all of those those like you know, stocky, short. Fins that are really that have got a lot of speed, you know, and and that can do a lot. He can do it all, and it's just it is rare. It's a rare occurrence, and, and he's just all of that. I mean, I remember always being amazed by him, and I remember one thing that always stuck with me was I was I forget who it was. I was sitting with at the World Cup of hockey when Line a and Aho were playing in the in the in, you know for Finland, and someone yeah. told me that you know flat out Aho was going to be the better player. In the NHL, at that point, Line a was remember this. He had just been, you know, drafted second. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. He had all the fl- all the
1: big flash. deal to sit there and this guy say, you know, he was like, but he was convinced. He's like, yeah, Aho's the better player. He's going to be Laine's great, but Aho's going to be amazing. So it's coming a little bit to fruition. Um, I
0: would never have said that, but I was always very high on the kid.
1: Yeah. Now, even though he lost last night, and this is a debate we can have later on, I heard one a really fun debate to have is who is better right now: Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. We've had this debate a lot lately, but, you know.
0: I still don't think it's debatable.
1: You still think it's it's Sid?
0: Sidney Crosby. It's really yeah. not
1: debatable. Look at the team around Ovechkin. Look yeah. at the team
2: around Sidney Crosby. I okay. the Penguins even make the playoffs without Sidney Crosby. No way. Right. And, 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 and I'm sorry, but it has to be pointed out, you know, Connor McDavid may have ascended past Sidney Crosby as the best center in the league. And that means, and that means the best forward in the league, no matter what Alex Ovechkin does, he's a winger. He's limited in terms of his effectiveness because he's a winger. Now he's an unbelievable scorer, but centers rule this league.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's move on now to the second round Um, and starting tonight teased this a little bit yesterday, but let's start with Columbus and Boston. Um, there, the, the interesting thing about the, the Eastern Conference is you have two teams that swept, right? You've got the Islanders and you've got Columbus. Uh, two teams that no one really said or ex- obviously no one expected Columbus to even win. Words, no one expected the Islanders to sweep the Penguins, not even when most people had the Penguins winning that series as well. So you sit back and, and those two teams have been off for a very long time. And now we, now, you know, will that be a factor in this series for Columbus and Boston? What do you think?
2: Well, I, I think early on in the series, Boston will have the advantage because they just played on Tuesday. Now they may be, you know, I mean, they've got some, they're licking their wounds after, you know, they had some bumps and bruises from the Toronto series. And they may, but they may have the early advantage in the series because they're, they've been playing every other day for two weeks and, and, and the Blue Jackets. Have uh, you know have a head off for a while? I, I picked the Blue Jackets in the series not because I'm being vindictive against the Bruins, but because I think the Blue Jackets' style matches better against the Bruins than the Leafs do. Than the Leafs did. It okay. Bo- Boston at times and had the ability to push the Leafs around. They didn't do it all series, but they did it when they needed to do it. They sent the message, and it was you know they they could play the skill game and they could play the uh, the physical game. If they try to play a physical game against Columbus, Columbus will eat their lunch. Yeah.
1: Mm. I don't know about that. I mean, Columbus, Columbus is going to I don't know. If you if they play a skill game, you say against Columbus.
2: No, if they play a physical, I think,
1: no, I, I, think I, I I totally disagree. I think they've got to play physical against Columbus. That's the only way they can think they can. I they can. don't
0: think that's a good idea, Eck. No. I I agree with Mike. They've got for the lack of a better term, since Carolina players like it. Idiots like Dubinsky and and Josh Anderson and they could play that game very easy. They've got a coach who knows how to play that game better than anybody in the league. It is the wrong tack to take against that team. It was the right tack to take against the Leafs. It was the wrong tack to take against this team because this team can not only match you in that, but this team has more firepower than your team on the blue line and on the from the forward position. Yeah. Mark Mark, Mark- that, hold on. They may have a better forward, in, in Bergeron. Nobody's going to argue that. But then after that, yeah, Columbus has a lot more firepower to score on the Bruins.
2: Yeah, and mark 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 my words, they're gonna they're gonna match uh, Pierre Luc Dubois' line against Bergeron. And Bergeron, we know, is more experienced, but. Dubois is a big body who plays a very good two-way. That line has Panarin on it and Atkinson. Atkinson is j- is just as snipey and dirty as Marchand. So they can – I'm not saying it's as good a line because that, I think that's the best line in hockey, for Bergeron, Marchand, and Basternak. But they but they will give them a run for their money. And I think, you know, with Krejci, a wounded Jake DeBrusque on the second line, I, I don't think – you know, they, again – Bruins matched up better against the Leafs because they, you know they could outwork those third and fourth lines. They're not going to outwork a Tortorella team. Their Tortorella is going to whip them into a frenzy. Guys like Boone Jenner, and and Dubinsky are going to try to run guys like McAvoy and and Tori Krug and and Grizzlick through the end boards.
1: Yeah, you see, I think I'm kind of with you. I think I think the problem on this in this series for Boston is the. Blue Jackets forechecked like that's the bottom. and that 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 was you know if the Blue Jackets forechecked, I would say that I would say Tampa's got a better defense than Boston. You know, I, I really feel like Tampa's defense is better than, than Boston's. Tampa or Columbus?
0: What are we talking no, about? No
1: Tampa for a second. So let's just look at like let's look at the Blue Jackets against Tampa, right? And the Blue Jackets forechecked. I know I did a little right turn there. Sorry. The Blue Jackets um, forechecked Tampa out of the out of the series. They just made they made Tampa insane with their forecheck. Mm-hmm. And they and that defense is better is better at handling the check, I think, than the Bruins'
2: defense is. So, oh, I mean, you remember, remember you had a wounded headman uh, in the in the lineup, so that that, that limited Tampa Bay. I don't think any of the other than, other than uh, John Moore. I don't think any of the Bruins defense are injured. Although, you know, in a 7 game series they're going to have some bumps and bruises. But I, th- I I I actually think that that Boston's defense with a with Hedman weakened was it was better oh, yeah. than Tampa's.
1: I mean, it's close. I guess you're right. With Hedman weakened, weakened, that I'll give you that. That's that's true. Um but but I do think that the forecheck will be the problem. I think the the issue is you know, Tampa's Tampa's problem in the series was, you know, kind of to, to prove your point, your both your points a little bit. Tampa Tampa tried to play a little bit too physical and not enough skilled against Columbus, and that hurt them. yeah right did. Way. They did. And I, you know what? I
0: if I'm John Tortorella, I play my line straight. Mm-hmm. I go I go one through four. Yeah, three, that's I do too. Air one through four. I don't do anything different. I don't. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think, and I don't think you worry about matchups at all. I I think, I think
0: look, if somebody's hot, if Panarin's red hot. Sure, throw them out there for an extra shift against maybe the third line of Boston, which is definitely more deficient than even their fourth line. I would I might do that. And and Boston will do the same with Bergeron if somebody's having a great game or you know, or or Pasternak. But end of the day, I think the only rust that will be on Columbus will be, you know, five, six, seven, eight minutes of the first period. But I think the rest helps them more because they did have a physical series. The rest definitely helps Bob. And and Bob got past the hurdle. And so yeah. Right now, and look, you know what the great thing about this whole round is with the exception of Boston and San Jose, none of the teams mm-hmm. and none of these trolls online can say that nobody gave these teams a chance because nobody gave any of them a chance.
1: No, so move, so no. move on. No, you're right. I mean, Boston, <laughs> San Jose, like I just said, the only team that's won first round two years in a row. Yeah. I mean, so none of these teams won one of won a first round last year, obviously. Yeah. And you know, here they are. So oh, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's awesome. And 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 for that for that exactly is it
0: awesome? I mean, this is what Batman wanted. He wanted total parity. We've seen total parity in in the NFL as well. Total parity is good, but I don't know if total parity over time is good.
2: Well, no. somebody so, somebody remarked this morning on on one of the Toronto radio stations as I was coming into town was was that uh, this is not great news for the NHL in terms of ratings for the simple no, fact right. that now, these are all smaller markets, most or at least most of them are. You have all upsets: Crosby, Ovechkin you know, Matthews, Tavares, all those guys are out.
0: But I will tell you this, Mike, surprisingly, uh, three games ago, I think it was, the Capital Mm -hmm. Carolina game was the top game, really one of the top shows on TV. But, again, that's because you've just, you know, gotten the Carolina market back into it and because you were going against the champs. Now the champs are out. I mean, this is going to hurt them in ratings. There's no question
2: about it. Yeah, Casey's Azekus is not exactly a big draw on NBC. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, you're yeah. right. No, I thought about that too. I mean, this is this is definitely from a hockey buzz perspective. Like, I am working hard on the rumor chart right now because, I mean, you're looking at the the, the, the bigger fan bases that come to hockeybuzz.com right now are out. Yeah, yeah. You know? I will say this: the, the New York market for the Islanders is yeah, down. The Islanders and Boston; those two those two markets those are the markets will still be really good, still, really strong, but out west. You know all those markets. I mean, the Blues are a pretty good, are a strong market too, but not you know for hockey buzz, not as strong as as like as like some of the others that got knocked yeah. out. So I think that it's fascinating on the level of like seeing new teams do do it. And the other thing that's kind of interesting about it is in the past, first rounds are where the upsets happen, and then after that, things tend to settle into really kind of more what should happen. I don't know. This is a weird year. I can't. You now, I, I mean, they got with with. Carolina and the Islanders, like, you know, what who, who's to say, you know? Um, so let's 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 get on to so Columbus. What are your picks so far? How do you see this going? Like? Columbus and six. Columbus and six. Okay, Russ. Columbus and six. Columbus and six. Ooh, boy, you guys, make this hard on me. I don't like to agree with you. Then um, don't. No, it hurts. To, it hurts to be right, Eck. No, there's. Uh, yeah, I I think Columbus is going to win as well, but I'm going to say it's. Seven. Okay. And, uh, and, but I, there is part of me. Okay. There's a big part of me and I'll, I'll eat my words. And I'll replay this a hundred times. I'm sure. What that, is this? An, what is this? An
2: Ambrosia song? The biggest part of me?
1: No, it feels like Boston could roll this series. And, and I, and then just, I just, it's just purely like Columbus got the, got the first series off their bat, bat you know, they, 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 they finally want a playoff series. They're coming off of a sweep. Boston is starting to get into a groove. I don't know. There's part of me that thinks Boston could roll this year. Okay,
0: if Boston doesn't roll, can you get a bowl of alphabets and eat them on air here? So you can eat your words, please.
1: Sure. No, I, I'm I'm picking Columbus. I'm just saying that there's a- no no. But you're going both ways. You
0: can't waffle it.
1: He's hedging. He's hedging. If
0: you are hedging. You cannot do that. No, I
1: know. I know. I, I'm hedging because you know because because my confidence is shot from the last round. Right.
0: Listen, this is like a game show. We'll give you a chance to go back and right. go back on your pick hey, right now. I will
1: have my it, final. It, it, I'm
2: gonna wait to the, right. the end of the
1: show to decide which I'm going to go with. <laughs> okay.
2: If 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 anybody should be hedging, it should be me since I went two and six in the first round, but you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. the, rest the best. The rest was the best of anybody. Um. All right, so. And I was I was. Yeah, three out of five. It's bad. And so then after that, we let's go to now. Oh, oh! So here's one last thing I want to say about the series. Uh-huh. They have played each other. They played each other three times this year, and I know we can sit back and say it doesn't matter because it's regular season all that. But I always like to look at it, especially since they played three times since March 12th. Like these, they played three times at the end of the year, um, which is really strange. You know, they and they played three totally different games against each other, which is the strangest thing. So the first game, Columbus won seven to four. Um, that was in Columbus. That's crazy. The second game was in Boston, and Boston won in overtime, two to one. <laughs> and then the third game was was just April second, so we're talking about not very long ago at all. Um, Boston won, won six to two. All right, so you're looking at so Boston won three of the, you know, two of the three, the one, but there was an overtime game in there, so it's pretty much a swap. But um, and but Boston beat Columbus in Columbus six to two in, on April second in a game that. Columbus really needed to win like where Columbus was trying to make the playoffs and Boston really didn't matter. So that was, that's, that was an interesting thing that recently, you know, so they've gotten to Bobrovsky basically, you know, they got to Bobrovsky recently. So will Bob be able to turn that around. Just over the last couple of years, Boston has dominated Columbus this year, you know, was close closer, but beyond,
0: I think they've gotten over a mental hurdle that's big. They do have a coach that does know how to coach in pressure games. And I think, now the pressure is off, even on him to some degree, and so I think you'll see them coaching this a different way and playing a different way.
1: Yeah, the Bruins have scored forty goals in the last nine <laughs> games against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, that's that's a lot.
0: It's a lot.
1: That's more than for a game. All right, so all right, let's move on then to the to the other game tonight, which is would be. Um, Dallas and St. Louis, you know, like good old fashioned, like, you know, I like to think of the Minnesota Blues versus the, I mean, the Minnesota North Stars versus the St. Louis Blues, a good old Norris division battle here. Dallas and St. Louis, they had, they had some good, St. Louis and
2: Minnesota East. Bobby Smith versus Bernie Federico. They just had some real awesome yeah, The Dallas
0: Stars are way more successful than the North Stars ever were. But anyhow.
1: That's true. That's true. At least they won a cup. Um, North Stars got there once. They did. All right. So on this series uh russ why don't you start this one
0: all right so this is an interesting one because i really have admired what dallas has done i like the fact that essa lindell who by the way if people read my rankings back in the day i, I said the new york rangers should get us they didn't they went and got bunie evis like six or seven picks ahead of them if they had that's lindell now uh, they'd really? be a lot better off um yeah. he's a hell of a player but also it's nice to see dickinson And like we talked about Guys from the um, from the Calder winning team really sort of help the other pros that they already have there. We haven't well, even heard of Jason Spetzer, really. I mean, yeah. spetzer has been a non-factor. I haven't even noticed him. He, is he injured.
2: I mean, I, I don't even notice it, him. It, is, is, is is Valerie Nakushkin even in Dallas? <laughs> um, but I will say that and, and
0: Bishop's been great. I mean, I like Ben Bishop. I've covered him since college. So I, I am a fan, but the problem is is he does get hurt. Now he's healthy, and we could all see when he's healthy. Nobody ever argues that he's not a great goalie when he's healthy, because we know. Although I you know, one time I don't know if I ever told you this, Eck, when he was in Philly and he was injured, um, I told him that he got jobbed out of the Olympic job and he he actually thanked me at the time. Really? But but I said you did. You should have no,
1: been absolutely he absolutely did. You're right. Yeah.
0: And so he thanked me for that. But it's just so I respect him. I am going to pick against them simply because everything's rolling right for St. Louis. They've got Jaden Schwartz healthy. He's playing great. Robbie Fabry's healthy. He's playing really well. He's starting to pick it up a bit. Bomeester, I don't know. I guess I guess that whatever injury that he was – not injury, whatever he was recovering from the last year of the surgery really affected him to the point where we were just killing him the first half. And for the last quarter of the season, he was really good. He's been really good. Pareko, everybody else has been really good, Tarasenko, Bennington, obviously, so I'll
1: take St. Louis in seven. Okay, St. Louis in seven. Mike? Uh,
2: I I basically, I mean, I I look at St. Louis, and it's nothing against Dallas, because I think, you know, I was surprised that Dallas beat Nashville, and they played the type of game that you needed to against Nashville. I just look at St. Louis and the way that they, you know, beat a team that I thought was the team that was going to come out of the West in Winnipeg, and they were... You know, in Game 6, they were suffocating against the Jets, and, you know, they got some breaks, but they also are a really good, deep team. And this does not look like the team that... Uh you know that played in the first half of the season. A guy like Tyler Bozak, who they added as a third line center, fit perfectly in there. He's got some playoff experience, yeah. and Ryan and Ryan O'Reilly has had just an amazing year. And you add that got those guys to you know Shannon and Pareko and, and Pietrangelo. It's like, I mean, they, they are the team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, but it only took them the first half to sort of get, you know, get with it. And uh, you know, I think I think I think they're the better of the two teams. So I'm going St. Louis and six.
0: One more small point that I forgot to mention, and this really makes to me Ken Hitchcock look bad. How good does Ivan Barbashev look going out there banging guys on on the fourth line? And he couldn't even get in there with Hitchcock. I mean, he I know. he was like barely putting him in there. And I I've noticed Barbashev has looked really good.
1: He's looked very good. And that is kind of the interesting thing—the combination of these teams have both been coached by Ken Hitchcock it was kind of interesting. No. Um, you know, and I think of, I think of you know in in recent times, you know, so that it's it's just kind of it's kind of bizarre. Um, the blues feel like it does feel to me. Like when I look at this series, first of all, the season series of these two teams, um, is interesting because of all, when I I don't know if you remember when we were talking about who wanted to play, who in this St. Louis did not want to play Dallas. And, um, that was because, you know, Dallas has the last, the last two games, February 21st, March 2nd, for Dallas five, two Dallas four, one, um, St. Louis, St. Louis won on January 12th and um and january 8th the dallas so dallas won three of the four this year so and they kept the blues the the scoring down like the blues had like one goal four goals six seven goals in four games so they really and where where meanwhile dallas put up nine ten thirteen goals in four games so dallas was the one team that had versus nashville versus winnipeg actually had the blues number this year for what it's worth um And, you know, those goals, those last two games were definitely against Bennington. I looked that up too, so that's interesting. Um, So, yeah, I think that this, you know, that's just the season series. But when I actually go through it in my head, I can't help but think that the Blues just just are on. The Blues feel like the destiny team to me here. Like, they just feel like, and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that this team has had so many years of horrors in the playoffs because of their goaltending. And having a great goalie, Has made the Blues just a happy bunch of players. (laughs) Really, I mean, it's just it's made all the difference. It's just so. I mean, it's just it's and we saw it in Philly when Carter Hart first came here too. That it just changes things. It changes everything. And it and you know and the Blues were there were better Blues teams that were in the playoffs, you know, than this Blues team. But this Blues team just has a talent wise. I mean, but this Blues team just has something because they have the confidence that they're not going to get beaten by themselves. They're not going to get beaten by their own goalie, which is you know. Something that like the Maple Leafs didn't have in Game Seven, so I'm um, just throwing it out there quickly. But um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mike. But yeah, to me, the, to me, the, I think the Blues. I think this is a hell of a series. I think I think these teams are going to beat the hell out of each other. I think this is going seven games completely. But I think St. Louis will find a way in Game Seven in the third overtime. Like that's that's the kind of series. He's I'm hedging happy. again. He's hedging I'm again. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my crazy wacky prediction about this series. Is they will play nine games and when you include the overtimes
0: all right whatever that's fine um i do want to mention scott murdoch you know said hey um Thanks, what, about, what about in and just kind of fun russ i know hey whatever that's fine <laughs> and, <laughs> and in has looked great like he really has been everything that oh, yeah. i i had him in my calder race all year i mean i talked about him a lot so i'm i am happy for him uh Yes, Kale McCarr has looked great. He also wanted to say that yes, he has. He, is, but we didn't expect anything else from out of Kale McCarr. Yeah. Uh, Lord said that I betrayed Matt Zuccarello by picking against him. He's such a troll. It's like <laughs> I love Zuccarello. He's one of the great guys in the league.
2: Stop yeah. trolling, man. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I think.
2: Um, well, I, it's a it's a it's a battle of the ex Leafs: Tyler Bozak versus Roman Polak. Yes. But he's, at he's, this
0: point, Mike, everybody's an ex Leaf because you know. The real Leafs aren't good
1: enough. Oh yeah, well this is you know there, there's plenty of there's plenty of ex players on. The, I mean both these teams have really been built like through a lot of trades and through a lot of different situations. I mean and I you know Tarasenko is going to have to be great. Like he he's going to have to be better. I think. I
0: think he'll be great. I I, I don't doubts.
1: I'm such a big fan of Jaden Schwartz. You know he got the you know he got the whole you, the you know. That's huge, you know. Um, Braden Shen has the ability to do good things in the playoffs. Well,
0: Braden has been hot and cold. He still has good hands. He's, he's not a fantastic player all the time, but he has his moments.
1: Well, he yeah. has, he has had some playoffs where Braden Shen, you know, has done pretty well. Like, he's, he has a tendency to score big goals at big times. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right about him. I mean, he's actually, you know, when you look at the first round of, like, you know, of who were the best players in the, in the NHL in the first round of the playoffs, yeah. he was up there. Yeah, like he was I, definitely.
0: We need good. to talk about that Leafs press conference because the whole world saw it because the NHL Network put it on. And yeah,
1: that now Mike's Mike's been there, there, so. You know. so my pick is um, St. Louis in nine, and um, and you, yours and Mike, you have St. Louis in this series too. Yes, in six. And in six, and Russ, you're going with yeah. St. Louis in seven. Wow. So man, if I all right, I'll, I'll have my other pick in Columbus in the Columbus thing in a second. All right. Mike, tell us about what tell Mike, you're up in Toronto today. You went up there, you know, must have been a fun time.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, nothing it like was...
1: out day, nothing like cleaner like like locker clean out day for, for a
2: good time. Uh, it was really uplifting. I took a picture of a uh, something outside of the arena that said leaps forever, and I says, Well, after talking to some of the, the leaf players in the locker room, uh, they won't be here forever. because uh, there's gonna be some changes. I don't know how many. Um, yeah, I would definitely be an advocate of them um, trading William Nylander. There was a lot of you know happy talk about well, you know he had a bad year because of the holdout, and I want to show I want to show the player that I really am. I, I have a sneaking suspicion we've seen the player that he really is. I think he's a sixty to sixty-five point guy, and I think he's got value now. And if they hold on to him, hoping that he tur- that he turns it around in a second year. I don't think they're going to get much more than they would get in a trade right now, and they really need to address their defense. Uh, Kyle Dubas really didn't back down. Really, honestly, I thought the weirdest weirdest part, and I talked it over with a couple of uh, fellow reporters, uh, when Dubas was asked, you know, can you guarantee, basically I'm paraphrasing, can you guarantee that Babcock and Nazem Kadri will be back next year? And he says, well, nothing is certain. And he talked about himself and how Brendan Shanahan will review um you know his job and then that would go according he didn't answer the question it's like okay it's very simple either you say that babcock's going to be back or you're you know and i'm and and,
0: and, i will say this this, mike and then you can continue i want to comment on the nylander and Kadri. i got the impression from that press conference that nylander's staying because the gm likes him it has no and, and the coach does like him too but the GM is the one that likes him, and that's why he took the bullet for saying he screwed up Nylander for, for waiting too long on, on the negotiations, which is something that we brought up on the show, like what the hell was going on with the negotiations. But the other thing is I think Kadri's gone because the one thing Dubis said to me that made me think he looks at him, and, and again, for me to think like Kyle Dubas, I have to think like an accountant. And so he's looking at Kadri like a diminishing asset simply because his next hit We'll put him out for even more games. And he talked about that. He said, for the last two years, you know, first suspension was three games. Next suspension's five games. What's the next one going to be? And and even Babcock, who didn't want to badmouth anybody, and I thought he was very disingenuous, Mike Babcock. He, he put on a puppet show. It was awful. But awful. It was awful. But I will tell you this. Babcock not only didn't back Cadre, but he basically acted like, you know what, yeah, I got a problem with – the way he did it, even though he was sticking up for his teammates. So that was interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I I think there'll be – some recriminations continuing throughout the summer until they make some decision. I'm not so sure because honestly, the center depth of the say, of the of the Leafs organization after Tavares and Marner is practically non-existent. Freddie Gauthier is not an NHLer, and I was at the Marlies game last night, and they don't have many center prospects. So unless you're trading, well, I was like unless unless you're trading Kadri for another center. Right. And this is the other thing you're talking about—a team that right now is is going to be in, in salary cap struggle during the summer. And after t- after being in the scrum with Patrick Marlowe, Patrick Marlowe's not retiring. At least he, you know, he said, "I, you know, I want to come back. I want to do this. I want to and do that." He's not retiring. Said, well, well, no, Russ, Russ, based on well, he's got a no move clause. So it, honestly, if he does, if, if you know,
1: if he do anything with him,
2: right? If he wants to stay. You know, he probably would only waive his no move clause for one place, San Jose. And I don't think San Jose is gonna want him. So back to San Jose. Right. But other than that, I don't think he's going anywhere. He you know and I don't think they're gonna force him because who are his two closest teammates? Matthews and Marner. They're like his sons. They've you know they've he's like sort of adopted them and, and taken him. Taking them under his wing. So they're not going to push Patrick Marleau out the door. And if that's the case, then you have to get rid of either Nealander or a combination of Connor Brown and Nazem Kadri to, to clear space to, to re sign Marner and to be able to make other moves. And honestly, I think you get more because they have to get a defenseman one way or the other. You get more if you're trading Nealander. You're yeah, not, not getting like
0: that, Mike. They're actually, this time, they're looking at Kadri like, you know what? We can't be in this position again. He screwed us this year. Yeah. Every year we're telling him to calm down, and every right. year something happens. I think
1: Idrick gives him such a favor. It's um, I mean, it really I think well, they're tired of his act. That's well, why you did him a favor because they were they were being put in a position like you know the big thing I've heard is Matthews doesn't want Nylander gone, right? And that and that's like that that is a that's a big issue with you know when you have your star player. But the other thing cool. that, that this that Shanahan and Babcock and this whole group has shown from the beginning. Is an is they went as far away from Brian Burke as they could, and that they will do whatever people think they should do. And I, I just so they Kadri Kadri is going to be moved, um, because team it makes sense because it's not it's not it's not you know crazy to move Kadri. It's not going to be controversial to move Kadri. Ever. They, they're, if if it doesn't work out, they can say, well, of course we we had to move them. And you know I, it makes me crazy that they don't take chances this team ever. Um, this, this, and, and that they, and that they just, that, like you said, Babcock's press conferences are, oh, God, just horrible. It's
0: gotten really bad. I mean, he wouldn't take responsibility for anything. The GM yeah. took responsibility, which is what
1: GM should do. But yeah. the coach has got to take some responsibility. And how is that? It's Babcock versus Dubas. Dubas is this young kid who handles himself so much better than than Babcock, who is like, Babcock is just so believes his own press clippings at this point. Bab, Bab,
2: Babcock, Babcock, like sort of like he says, well, there are 23 coaches out there right now. They're in the same or 22 coaches that are in the same position that I am being, meaning they're not in the playoffs. And it's like, no, okay, not, okay not, but, you're, you're, but, but none of them are being paid six and a half million dollars to friggin' win.
1: You're right. right. I mean, that's why you're, I'm sorry to jump on you, but that's exactly right. There, there, there aren't 22 other coaches.
0: You know what this smacks of? I'll tell you what this smacks of, Eck. Honestly, if Kyle Dubas were to pick a coach, he wouldn't have picked Mike Babcock. Meaning he inherited Mike Babcock. And Mike Babcock is a Lou kind of guy. Lou picked him and now he stayed behind and he doesn't well. I mean
2: no, Lou didn't know. Lou was not there. Lou it 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 was Shanahan that picked him. So Shanahan picked
1: Shanahan, but it was it was it was again, it was what everybody wanted them to do. Right. But the fans wanted them to do, the fans wanted them to tank. To get to, to before they, they wanted him, they wanted them to, to, to get, you know, they wanted him to get Anderson. They, they, they've always done what they want them to do.
0: I will say this, though, and Mike, you could tell me what you thought the feeling was. My feeling was after this press conference that the Leafs were like, hey, we appreciate the media and the fans, but we don't really care what you think because we're going to go back in our little bubble here and we're going to make decisions that we think are right and it doesn't matter what you think.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, please. I, I think that the comments of Morgan Riley after Game 7, and even today, and and the comments of Dubas about Jake Gardner was basically, we don't care what you think. Right. We, we like Jake Gardner, and we think he's been a good player. Now, Jake Gardner is not going to come back because he can, they can't pay him, but... They, you know, they're, they're basically saying we don't care what you know the, that the fans are excoriating Jake Gardner for being minus ten in three in three game sevens. I'm sorry, when you're minus ten in three game sevens, you suck.
0: But it did seem like Kyle Dubis is only signing Jake Gardner if he's got loose change in the in the couch cushion. Oh he no, out of his way.
2: I, you know, I I believe what they're going to do is, I mean, Ron, and This was the complete 180 degree antithesis of Patrick Marlowe, who was like, no, I want to come back. I'm, you know, he was very forthcoming about what his outlook is for the next season. Ron Hainsey, when asked whether he's going to retire, he basically says, well, I haven't decided, and even if I had, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. meaning to the media. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, okay, that, that was very friendly, Ron. Um, but 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 yeah. honestly, it's like I, I think there's going to be changes, but but they're, they're going to have to – I mean, like this KHL forward that they're rumored to be in on, he's going to be on an entry-level contract. That's perfect for them. They're going to look for cheap, short-term ways of, you know, because <laughs> next year will be a cap crunch if Marlowe stays, and then the following year they'll have some loosening up of, of the, the coffers. So – but you know it's going to be tough with, with Marner probably getting at least 10 million bucks. And the one the one encouraging thing for Leaf fans out there was Marner made it clear he wants to be in Toronto. He wants right. to be in Toronto long term. Dubis admitted that it was a mistake to wait a little t- time on Neilander. He's going to get on it probably tomorrow. They will get this done before July 1st because the Leafs know they have to pay him. No, they, they will.
0: That, that I have no question, no issue that that will get done. The thing that scares me if I'm a Leafs fan is the importance that they've placed on Ron Hainsey at the age of whatever he is, 36. And if Mike Babcock's the coach again, they might sign him again and might play him in the same role at that age, which is crazy. Well, th- he's,
2: he's, he's 38. 38, yeah. Ba- 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 Babcock will be the coach, mm. and, I be, and I will be surprised – if Hanzy is resigned, because like I said yesterday, the only way and, you know, supposedly Dubas and Babcock talked today, I would be not, not be surprised if Shanahan was part of the part of the discussion. And this is the, the problem that happened this year. The only way Dubas can manage the roster is by denial. The only way that he can get is the, the only way he can get Mike Babcock to not play Ron Hanzy 25 minutes a night is to not have Ron Hanzy on the roster.
1: Yeah, that is, you know what? It, it, I still think
0: is Hainsey, Mike, I think you're still underestimating the power and the nagging of Babcock because yeah. when Babcock talked about being in the meetings as far as for rosters, he is going to be nagging, 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 and he is right. going to try and bring Hainsey back. And yeah. Is going to just it back at a low price. That's all
2: he's going to do. Well, Russ, I'm not doubting that, but the but yeah. do but but the but do the do the Leafs have Luke Gend- Glenn Denning on their roster? No. Do they have a st- uh, uh, big uh, sandpaper guys? No. Why? Because Kyle Dubas doesn't believe in those players. Yeah.
0: No, but they signed Pukanic because of him. They're still
2: going to make. No, some- they, 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 they they he was a deadline, and that was know, Luke.
0: That, still, my point is. For as long as Babcock is going to be there and he's still going to be there next year, they still will make some moves to placate him. Otherwise, again, you pick up a guy and he won't use him. Like he just – you might sign a guy and he's not – like Nick Patan, you know, you sign the wrong guy, right, right. Babcock uses him for two weeks and says he doesn't fit in my system. Yeah, yeah
1: totally agree. And Hainsey, I mean, this is my son who is not an, not a hockey fan, not an athlete. Not, not like he's he just you know he's he's a, he's a puppet guy. He does all kinds of great, great creative things. Love him to death. He's the greatest guy in the world. So we're watching the Toronto, the games on the Maple Leafs, Bruins game sevens on, and he says, "Man, that number two on the white team really is slow." <laughs> he was once fast, though. I want to say I wrong. Know he, is, but
2: he was, and I like Hensie. a he great guy. He's a great guy. He's a great interview. But this, but the, but this is, but this is the problem, man. I'll say this, and then I have to uh, sign off. Yeah. Uh, this is the problem. If they could bring back Ron Hainsey at a lower salary, which I think he probably would be, in a, be amenable to, for one year, they would, they would do it. But the problem is, that the I think Kyle Dugas would do it if he could get Babcock to say, I want him playing on the bottom pairing with Travis Dermott and have him be the teacher that he was to Morgan Riley, which helped Morgan Riley to become the player that he is. The problem is, is that... Babcock will say, sure, yeah, and then he'll play him 25 minutes a night with with Riley. He, will, he falls back on the guys who he's comfortable with, and the only way to prevent him from doing that is to deny those players from him. I have a bold prediction for Toronto before you leave, Mike. That if Hainsey, and this is into my final
1: final thought here, you know, but if I'm um, I'm hearing very clearly that Mark Hunter is going to be the next general manager in Edmonton. If that happens, there's a, I think there's every bit possible that Hainsey gets moved into a front office position. Um, Hainsey, Hainsey is is that smart? He will be a GM someday in NHL, and they like him. I think Hainsey could take over for what Mark is doing right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Take care. All right.
2: Mike. So yeah, say, going
1: going the end here is I have a really good source who tells me that um, today some of, some of the Edmonton coaches who didn't get, you know, he interviewed like 13 guys out there. 100%. 13 guys. So it's not hard to find a source who can tell you that um, right. that uh, that they, they were called today and told they don't have the job, which means that somebody, you know, was told they did have the job. And I think I my prediction would be tomorrow or the next day we'll hear that Mark Hunter is the All new right. general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. And we'll hear that um, DJ Smith is the new coach.
0: Um, I mean, yeah. You know, look, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about the Oilers. The, the, the last thing I do want to sort of say about the Leafs is the, the press conference was weird simply because Babcock was very evasive. He was very uh, like, hey, three years ago, we weren't expected to make it. We shouldn't have made it, but we did last year like the way he framed it was almost like all this is okay this is a normal progression but it's not because they're stuck in the mud and their defense is getting worse yeah really not now there's a lot of pressure on Kyle Dubas to to literally pull them out of this in this offseason because of the moves they made last season it's not going to be easy I mean he did get Jake Muzzin there that was a hell
1: of a trade great trade. And it was a, it was something reasonable that they could handle. I mean, you can't Marner, make like that all the time there. I mean, Marner can sit there and say he wants to be a Maple Leaf, but they're going to going to have to pay him a ton to do that because someone will offer him be
0: 10 a a year.
1: Yeah. Someone will, someone will pay him that if they don't. So it's it, the bottom line is, and Marner, you know, wasn't, wasn't that great in, in, in this playoffs for sure. He definitely looked out of it at times. I thought, but he's a great player. I, I don't, I, I, I don't know where to put Marner in terms of, you know, he's definitely people, some people say he's as good as Austin Matthews. He's just not as good as Austin Matthews. No, he's
0: not, but he's close. I mean, he yep, is.
1: He's, close. he's competitive. He's up there for sure.
0: You know, I think it's, again, I think it's like trying to figure out, I don't know who's better, like Mike Gartner and Tim Salami. Like they're both great in different ways. Yeah, you know? they're very
1: different. I agree. So, um, so DJ Smith, I was, DJ Smith could will be Edmonton's new coach, I was told. Um, that that seems like that's a, that's a given now. Um, You know, the person I talked to said, put an E5 on it. You know, that's, that's a big thing for me as you guys know. So I didn't, I didn't do that yet because that means that it's done and that, you know, that's not a rumor to me. So I, I don't have, I only have it from one source so I can't say, but this is a very good source who is very close to the situation. Um, I was also told that um, McCrimmon um, will not, does not want the Edmonton job and Therefore, you know, that, that he that he basically bowed out of it and that he also does not want the Seattle job, which is interesting because I kind of thought McCrimmon would end up in Seattle.
0: I told you he probably has his eye on a dream job. in a good spot, and so why give that up? You know, somebody did ask in the chat room, you know, who's going to win this battle, Mike Babcock or Kyle Dubas? It's very easy. Kyle Dubas will win the battle. It's not even yeah. close.
1: Yeah, no, he will. I, I, because really there's no – it logically ends up, working that way also, you know, it's not even a matter of like, who has more power, you know, because maybe you could argue that Babcock might have more power actually because they gave him so much money and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, there's no logical way that Babcock can win that battle.
0: No, no. And he's not going to, and I think Dubas is doing a good job. And I think he actually came off really good in that press conference and Babcock came off really bad. And I think just what frustrated Leaf fans is they still don't know why Mike Babcock didn't play Austin Matthews a lot of minutes. In, in the final game, he wouldn't answer it. There were things he wouldn't answer, and actually, at the end of the season like that, that's when you should answer that.
1: That's when you should answer that. And that's it's right.
0: a very easy answer. I mean, it's he could just say, because that's what I do, and then people could rip him for that, but at least it would be an answer. He
1: didn't even give an answer. Yeah. Uh, that and, and I'll give Dubu's credit. I mean, of any of all the interesting, you know, you never hear anything interesting coming out of Shanahan. You never hear anything interesting coming out of Babcock. Um, at least Dubas you know, comes out. Will come out and say, you know, we're going to actually sign something. You know, we're going to actually, you know, are we're, we're like last year. He came out and said we're definitely going to sign Nylander, Marner. Dubis, yeah. will put himself on the line once in a while.
0: He did with this too. You know what Dubas said? The one thing that made my ears perk up was he he did what a good GM does. He because he's out of the playoffs now. He talked about the draft. He said, you know, we've had these high draft picks, and you have to kill it on those. And I've always told the staff, and he never talked about what he ever tells the staff. I always told the staff, you pick high, you have to kill that. It's obvious. But when you're picking lower in the first round or even just in the second round because you've traded a pick, then you got to try and make some hay. And so that's, you know, so that was something where I was like, all right, they did reveal a little strategy. And then he did say, hey, the Marlies are still playing and those prospects are still important. So it did give Lee fans an idea that a couple of those guys have a real chance of making the team next year, which they have to if they're gonna pay Marner, right? So they're obviously they're gonna to have to advance some players.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna to have to. Um before we get out of here, um some people in the chat room asking make who is that make quick Oh, I will, I'm not there yet. We're not at the All end. Right who is dj smith someone asked in the the chat room and it's an interesting question because you know you might not know who dj smith is um because he's not you know a common name but um the funny thing so i went on wikipedia and this is the wikipedia is hilarious so um because this is how it leads off with smith smith played in the 1991 quebec international Pee Wee hockey tournament with a minor ice hockey team from windsor ontario he later played 45 games in the nhl Like what?
0: <laughs> wow! So that was more important than <laughs> yeah, more yeah, it,
1: right? in, the, in I mean, a lot of it. That's an incredible tournament. I know that's an unbelievable tournament. And well, you know, it's not like the, you know, he did. It's not like he he was like the all star of that tournament. He won that tournament. He was like, there's nothing. He just played in it.
0: You know what it is? It's an open source thing, right? Like, so it's the writer's fault. Whoever wrote that. Yeah, and, he, and the writer must be from Quebec or some place like that.
1: Right. You just who put more the importance yeah. on that than the image? Right. Probably Windsor, I would bet, because it's like the International pee Hockey Tournament with a minor ice hockey team from Windsor.
0: Oh, I would somebody from Windsor, yeah. that's somebody from Windsor.
1: That's somebody from Windsor. It's probably Mark Spaziri who used to write first. Um, <laughs> He later played 45 games in the NHL with the Maple Leafs, Avalanche, and the Islanders. He retired from playing hockey after numerous concussions. He went on to coaching, where and in coaching, as Smith coached the Oshawa Generals, um, where he won a Memorial Cup in 2015, um, coach of the year in thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Um, and he's an assistant coach currently with the Maple Leafs. The other thing interesting about DJ Smith is he was Lou Amorello's first pick um, for the Islanders. Um, and the interesting thing about that is this: this is before Trots became available, and the concept was, you know, he was going to bring in, he was going to bring in DJ Smith, and the and the Maple Leafs would not let DJ Smith talk to the Islanders. Um, that was what was, and that is rare in the NHL. That, you know, that a team will not allow their assistant to talk about a possible head coaching job. Yeah. Um, they kept him back. And I think they even kept him back on another team, too, Mike said the other day. Um, however, this situation, Mark Hunter, who you know has connections to the Maple Leafs, he's not with the Maple Leafs anymore, um, right? That's true, right? Mark Hunter's not with the yeah. Maple Leafs. No, he's not. He's in London. Um, but the reason I bring up the Maple Leafs thing ending before, which was confusing, was because I was tying in DJ Smith, who wouldn't be, they, Edmonton wouldn't be able to announce until this was over mark hunter they might allow to take dj smith is this like some kind of like way of saying okay or is this just the way of saying okay you're going to edmonton you're going to western conference why would they let dj smith go now especially with babcock faltering a little bit
0: you know well you know what it may have been mls and e saying as a corporation lou you're not going to pilfer guys that we have here And with Edmonton, it's not like that, right? Because Lou Lou isn't there. I think it just has to do with that. Now, Dubas did say something funny about Lou, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. He he did say, somebody asked about the World Championship, so he answered the question and said, we've been getting contacted by a lot of these different countries. He goes, I should actually say the players have been getting contacted, and this is something that wouldn't have gone over well when Lou was here. Yeah.
1: That seems to be the way. You think so? Oh man, I've, you've been around for that too. My, we've talked about this before yeah. in the press box. When you get guys, um, I forget who it was, but they was scouting for the Olympics and they were coming yeah. through and they oh, talking, yeah. they're talking to the players yeah. and the, the Flyers would give them seats in the press box, yeah. you know, like guys from Finland or Sweden or whatever. Yeah. And and then suddenly they're, they're talking to, and the Flyers were pissed off about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it really does, it really is bold. Um, the World Championships, are going to be interesting i mean they tried very hard last year to get austin matthews to go and he didn't
0: yeah
1: i wonder if he goes this year oh
0: i'm sure they're going to try and yeah. i think this year he might i i think this year he should he I should mean,
1: he should he absolutely should and i i think you know and last year what was interesting is they got patrick kane to go yeah um and that was actually another kind of weird tie into all this thing you know um bill zito was the gm of that usa team that got bill right. got patrick kane to go And that team that won a silver medal and no one expected them to win a silver medal. Right. Um, And that they beat Canada in in, in the opening game of that, of the world championships last year. So
0: look, if John Tortorella didn't get the job of the head coach for, for the U S in what was it? Was it the world championships or
1: was it the, yeah,
0: he probably wouldn't have gotten another coaching job because he had a huge bad reputation. They fixed his reputation there.
1: They did. Right. Oh, they definitely did. Um, the other thing, am I am I mistaken that um, Vigneault is the coach? Is he still the coach of the Canadian team in the World Championships? Yeah. Or not? yeah Vigneault is the coach. He's still coaching, even though the flyer, even though he's because he, he Hold was, on, I'm going to tell you the whole coaching staff, since yeah. you're not maybe aware.
0: So Vigneault is the coach. Right. And Dillabaugh will be the goaltending coach. Okay. Ron Hextall is a GM. Dave Hextall is one of the assistants.
1: Wow. Okay. So
0: <laughs> that's crazy. And, and Vigneault said he will not talk about former players with those guys. That's what he said.
1: Okay. what he said. That's crazy. So you It got, is crazy. So you got, like, the Flyers past and present. Yeah. future all in that situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, because Carter Hart's on the team already. Couturier's on the team. Right. Yes, Giroux. Giroux didn't answer yet. So, yeah.
1: I wonder if he goes. He probably will. I don't know. He just had a kid, right, someone said? That's true. He did just have a kid. Yeah, Maybe he won't. But he's, he always, he's Yeah, and he actually is a little... I think is still a little pissed off at Canada for the Olympics a couple years ago, so he, right. might, he might not. Um, but if Couturier, you know, Couturier will
0: be... And you did try and smooth it over with him. So
1: that starts pretty soon, May right? 10th. When does it start? May 10th, I think. Okay, that's a little bit further. That's later than usual, isn't it? I mean, it's in May. Let's see. Hold on. I'll double it's check. Usually, it's usually like... Usually the second round, I mean teams that you know, teams that get eliminated from the second round, those guys are leaving. They're leaving to go to join the world championships already in progress, it feels like. Yeah, that's true. But the second round will be over before May 10th.
0: Oh no, you know what? what? I saw May 10th on something else, but I don't think that's right. You're right. Um oh look, Kovalchuk's on the Russian team. Ha. Huh. Oh god. Oh no, it is May 10th through May 26th. There you go.
1: Okay, well maybe that's okay. There you go. Um all right. So we do have to get out of here, but um, I will make I wanted, like, one more thing. Yes.
0: One last thing. And then you have to make the pick because you were just going to try and weasel out of it. I know. All right. Um, there are some last couple of years in the world championships. There's been a reason to watch. And that's because there's been more players breaking into the NHL from there. And even some prospects yeah. like, that have had chances to play there. Then all of a sudden their team elevates them. Philip is gonna play for Switzerland. He's a kid that the Blackhawks took. He's very talented, but he had a real weird minor hockey career where he bounced around.
1: Okay. Watch that kid. He could play. Oh wow, that'd be fun. I like I enjoy the world championships. I really do. And I, I mean, I watch some of it. I do. I, I've been told that it's an incredibly fun thing to cover. Like the one of the years I do would like to cover it. I do want to cover it too. All right, make your pick. All right, my pick. Boston in six.
0: Okay.
1: There you go. Uh, that's it, I guess. Yeah, no, that's fine. You're
0: allowed to do it. You were. There was no reason you couldn't go back on it.
1: <laughs> I Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I really, I really, it, it's like, you know, I just, I have no, I have no real inkling. Um, and I said, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Boston in six, St. Louis in nine. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk about the other two game. the other two series for sure. Um, Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. Have a nice night. Enjoy the games.